Today is Monday, July 17th, and you're tuned in to another edition of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. I am your host, Donald Ware. I hope you had an outstanding weekend and had a chance to listen to our podcast with respect to Grambling on Fridays. As a matter of fact, our SWAC series began on Friday with Grambling and the voice of Grambling football, Santoria Black, joined me. And it was the first day, as a matter of fact, uh, the first day of SWAC, or the it was on SWAC Media Day, I should say, which was on Friday. And if you hadn't heard, Grambling has been picked to win the West, while Alcorn State has been picked to win the East. And I, I definitely agree with the West. I mean, I think Grambling is, is definitely the team to beat, and we really talked about them in great length and depth on Friday. I, I think it's wide open in the East. And as a matter of fact, today we're going to look at Alabama State, who has been picked to finish second in the East. And, you know, really I think it's wide open. I think you have to go with Alcorn State because, I mean, after all, they've won the Eastern Division for three straight seasons so I think you have to go with them but I I wouldn't count out Alabama State they're losing some guys from last year whenever you lose a guy like a Courtney Berry I mean that that is definitely uh, a big time loss an all-conference linebacker for all four years while he was at Alabama State I mean that that is key and that guy is was really really good I, I don't want to say he had a down season um I, I mean if you look at the numbers in terms of his tackles I mean he had 100 plus tackles in all three of his previous seasons and on last year he had 66 tackles but I mean you lose a guy a football player like that that is definitely huge especially on the defensive side of the football then on the offensive side of the football I, I think Alabama State's going to have to make an overhaul, and we'll talk more about what to expect from Alabama State this year, particularly from the quarterback position. But when you lose Khalid Thomas, their running back rushed for 1,237 yards, nine touchdowns. He averaged almost seven yards a carry. It is very hard to replace a guy like that, not to mention they're going to have to replace their quarterback toppings who completed 58% of his passes, 1,352 yards, nine touchdowns, and seven interceptions. But knowing Brian Jenkins, who now goes into his third season as the head football coach of the Hornets and how his quarterback situation is, even going back to his days at Bethune-Cookman, he, you know, it's always a competition, not even year to year, but with respect to all of his quarterbacks, it's a competition week to week. He's never going to let you know who's going to start that particular week. Even if a quarterback does maybe reasonably well, he, 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 he wants perfection out of his guys. And, you know, I can't really blame him. That's why he's been a winner throughout the course of the season. That's why that 2016 season was particularly hard for uh, not only the Hornets, but more specifically Brian Jenkins, four and seven in his second year after a six and five season, his first year at Alabama State. Not to mention all of the winning seasons, two or three. Maybe he was uh, Bethune Cookman. I think it was at least two, maybe three, um, MEAC championships at Bethune Cookman. So to come off that, to come to Alabama State first year, you go six and five. Last year, you're four and seven. Definitely did not bode well for 
Brian Jenkins. You know, we, and before we talk more about Alabama State, you know, I, I, the, the SWAC, when it comes to their football media day, does it as well as anybody else. And I think one of the things that they especially do well is to piggyback off the SEC's media day. So the SEC media day happens in Birmingham. It's, I think it's a four-day event, Monday through Thursday. And then the SWAC had their media day on Friday. And, you know, from all accounts, things that I read, people that I talked to, um, again, we had a chance to talk with Santoria prior to the media day. Um, it, it was just absolutely phenomenal in terms of the number of media members that attended. I'm just sorry. I, you know, I've been many times in the past, could not be there this year. As a matter of fact, uh, I w- was on vacation and still on vacation currently at the taping of uh, talking about Alabama State and our HBCU Football Daily Podcast, but the show must go on. I, I want to start here with Alabama State And where I want to start, even before I look at the personnel, is I want to look at the schedule. Because, again, I think Alabama State has an opportunity. To me, the East is open. Um, You know, Alcorn State, I think, has to be the favorite. I think Jackson State's going to be improved this year also. I believe that Alabama A&M is going to also be improved um, a little bit this year as well. But, as a matter of fact, Alabama A&M is going to be very much improved this year and. uh, we, as a matter of fact, are going to preview Alabama A&M on tomorrow. But if I look at Alabama State, and one of the things I think they have going for them, they were a young team on last year, which I think definitely hurt them. But they have a good, solid schedule this year. Of the 11 games, six of those games are played at home. As a matter of fact, four of their first five games are in the friendly confines of ASU Stadium. And I think that's going to help, including three of those games in a row, Kennesaw State, Prairie View A&M, and then Alcorn State. Now, uh, with that, four of the first five games, only two of those are SWAC games. Remember, the SWAC, if you hadn't heard by now, first of all, this is going to be the last year of the SWAC championship game. So 2017 going to be the last year. Uh, of the SWAC championship game, and this is the first year, or this is the year that the SWAC has now gone from a nine-game SWAC schedule to a seven-game SWAC schedule. So the 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 schedule is solid, but up for their first five games, only two are against conference opponents: Prairie View A and M and the aforementioned Alcorn State Braves. So if you're the Hornets, you gotta jump out to a really good start. And as a matter of fact, they kick things off with Tuskegee. And this is a dangerous game. I think it's, you know, I think it's a game that Alabama State will win. Everybody wants to, you know, think a lot. We want to talk about D1 and D2 and all of that. Tuskegee is a very dangerous football team. I think it's a game that Alabama State, it's, it's definitely a game that Alabama State should win. And I think it's a game that they will win, but it's going to be a tough game. Then right after that, they go to Troy and play Troy uh, the following week. Then come back home, Kennesaw State, which is non-conference, Prairie View A&M, and Alcorn State. So really, I think the schedule is very favorable for the Hornets, and they need to get off on the right foot. Um, you know, obviously they have the Magic City Classic against, against Alabama A&M, which they want to get off on the right foot. And then also, which is going to be a good thing 
for Alabama State this year, even though Gramlin is hands down the team to win when you look at it on paper, and that's why you play the game because, you know, but Grambling comes to ASU Stadium, which is a plus for Alabama State. So Alabama State has some pluses uh, on their side in terms of from a schedule standpoint. Now, let's look at some of the principles to look at and some of the personnel for Alabama State. Now, again, you lose Toppings as your quarterback. You lose Thomas as your running back. You lose Barry as your leader on defense. There's a very young team last year, a very oft-injured team, a lot of injuries for the Hornets on last year really, really hurt them. And then, but they had some guys. I mean, you had a Brandon Barnes, uh, their tight end, who uh, signed a free agent contract. You know, they had some guys. As a matter of fact, Jillian Ware was drafted an offensive lineman. So they had some talented guys last year that they lost from this team. Um, but let's talk about some of the guys that are going to come back for Alabama State in 2017, and they're definitely going to need um, <laughs> really, uh, you know, uh, uh, all the help that they can get. And I think defensively it's going to begin with um, Darren Johnson, their linebacker, 67 tackles on last year, seven tackles for loss. Hope I'm saying his name right. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's Darren or Duran, but uh, Johnson comes back, seven tackles for loss, 67 tackles. He led this team in tackles on last year. He's going to really have to step up his game um, quite a bit for Alabama State, uh, especially from a defensive standpoint, because Alabama State gave up in excess of 400 yards of total offense per game. As a matter of fact, they started the season out with uh, five straight losses, which um, obviously didn't bode well, wasn't good for Alabama State. But I think if you look at it, they won, if you look at it, and as a matter of fact, it was four straight losses. They won three of their last five games. So that's got to be somewhat of a positive, a very tough loss to Alabama A&M in the Magic City Classic in overtime, no less than a good win against Jackson State at home before falling to Grambling and then beating Miles in the Turkey Day Classics 53-20. to So that's got to bode well at least winning three of your last five especially after starting the season out um, 0-4 for the Hornets. Then one of the other positives that comes back on the offensive line, and a lot of times we don't talk about in the trenches, but Sam uh, Baptiste, 6'4", 340-pound senior. He was first-team all-conference on last year. He comes back, even though they lose where, he comes back, meaning Baptiste to anchor that offensive line, and if you have a player with that kind of talent that is, in fact, coming back, that's going to bode well. Now, at the quarterback position, who is going to be the quarterback for Alabama State? That's the question that's on everybody's mind. As I said to you earlier, when it comes to quarterbacks and Brian Jenkins, listen, trust me, <laughs> he's not going to give you too much. Um, the quarterback thing is a weak to week deal um, and because he wants the most out of his quarterback but in in talking to some people and reading um, some of the things that he had to say um, a guy obviously that he really likes is a transfer quarterback in DJ Pearson he's a transfer from Arkansas State um, he from what I read I don't think he ever hit the field he came in in 2015 um, he actually redshirted 
Um, he was a kid that was a dual threat quarterback coming out of Georgia, a three-star kid. Um, he has the ability to run the football, but uh, in looking at some of the things that he was able to do, he's even though he has the ability to run the football, he's a throw-first kind of guy. He's he's a, 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 a decently built quarterback at 6'2", about 200 pounds or so, and I think that he's going to be the guy that's going to emerge. Now, they have some other young guys that are coming in that um, Jenkins likes, but Pearson is a guy um, that um, that they like, and uh, you know I think he may be the guy that uh, gets the nod at the quarterback position. But again, it is a week-to-week deal when it comes to Brian Jenkins and his quarterbacks for Alabama State. So, you know, that's going to about wrap it up for Alabama State on today. Actually, tomorrow we're going to take a look at Jackson State. I said Alabama A&M earlier, but we're going to take a look tomorrow at Jackson State, who should again be improved. I think the whole Eastern Division is going to be much improved in 2017. Listen, if you've missed any of our podcasts, log on to our website at BoxToRow.com. You may be right there right now. You may have either either be on our website right now. Maybe you downloaded this particular podcast. But if you, you've missed any of our podcasts, this is week five. So we've already had 20 podcasts. This is the 21st podcast. You can log on to our website at BoxToRow.com. All of this week and most of next week, we're going to be looking at the teams from the SWAC. We'll see you tomorrow.